Welcome to State House Soundbites, WITF's Pennsylvania Politics Podcast. I'm Katie Meyer, State Capitol Bureau Chief for WITF. You can hear my reports on public radio stations across the state. With me today is Dennis Owens. Dennis, who do you report for? I report for ABC 27. Hello to you, by the way. You're doing a terrific job. Aww, thank ABC you. 27 <laughs> in Harrisburg. ABC 27. And uh, you had a story this week that uh, got a lot of, I think, attention. Um, yeah. Did a, a pretty good job of breaking down a difficult topic. Well, you're right. And it's an ambiguous topic. Exactly. Uh, but but uh, as you, as if you've been around here and you have, you hear every conservative Republican, the mon- It's as if they wake up and say to their wife, good morning, we don't have a revenue problem, we have a spending problem. And the question could be, it doesn't even have to be related to that, but they'll want to say, we don't have uh, a a revenue problem, we have a spending problem. And their point is that we're spending too much money in their view, and that's their story and they're sticking to it. Yes. So I thought, well, you know, as as we're in a protracted budget impasse, I guess we can now call it an impasse, uh, even though nobody's officially (laughs) calling it an impasse. People get mad when you say impasse, but I don't know what else to call it. It, It's not done, and it's two months late. So, you know, as of now, it's now two months late. So I'm going to call it an impasse. I'll take that liberty. Uh, But what that does is reporters are trying to figure out stories to do because there's nothing really (laughs) else to... They're all being very secretive about whatever negotiations are going So I thought, okay, do we have a spending problem? Does Pennsylvania spend too much money? And and, 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 uh, in the ability to... um, I said, well, let me look at the states around us. So we basically went to the basic state websites of all six of our neighbors. Now, just to give you context, Pennsylvania is larger by land mass than every single state that borders us except New York. Right. Pennsylvania is larger by population than every single state that surrounds us except New York. So New York is the only state larger than us in both land mass and population. So we pulled off the various state websites their state budgets. Now, I'm trying to keep it apples to apples, state dollars, right? right. And that's so hard to do. It is hard to do, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But, but the numbers we came up with, Pennsylvania, their state budget, their state general appropriation is lower than every one of our neighbors except for West Virginia and Delaware. Which are much smaller, population-wise and... In every way. In every way. New Jersey, smaller, spends more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maryland and Ohio, smaller, spend more. New York spends a lot more than Pennsylvania. New York City's budget is more than twice the budget (laughs) of uh, Pennsylvania by itself. Yes. But uh, anyway, so these, I mean, it can be hard to compare state to state because every state is very different. And it is. And as Nate Benefield of the Conservative Commonwealth Foundation, who is very much in the camp of we don't have a revenue problem, we have a spending problem. And And the broader context is there is a fight going on at the Capitol right now. Do we raise taxes? Don't we? The Senate has agreed to raise some taxes. The House is still digging in its heels saying we don't need to raise taxes. That's why the question is relevant here. So, But it is difficult. As Nate points out, that's apples to apples. You're taking our general fund number, which is $32 billion. That's the number Mm -hmm. that they agreed to on June 30th to beat the quote-unquote budget deadline. And I want to say, for context, because I looked this up the other day and it boggled my mind, so $32 billion for Pennsylvania's official budget. New York City, not even the state of New York, New York City's budget is somewhere around $80 billion. So it's Way larger. So that's like the contextual. I mean, the numbers vary widely in this story. Correct. And they do vary widely. And I want to be completely upfront about that. So, yes. So we are we are bigger than most of other states. The, the small, even the smaller states seem to be spending more. But as Nate Benefield of the Conservative Commonwealth Foundation pointed out, he said that's apples to oranges because 
we spend, the state actually spends $80 billion when you count all the federal dollars that flow into the Commonwealth. And, he, and you'll hear this term a lot when you talk to people, shadow budget. Right. I think you had that yes. in your story. That's what Nate Benefield calls it. And that's, again, the federal money, so something like Medicaid, that right. mostly is in the quote-unquote shadow budget. Right. I don't like the term it's shadow really budget. It's not really shadow budget because it is in the budget book. Well, I mean, you can find it. I don't like the term it. shadow budget because it feels like shadow president or something right. very nefarious. But it or is something. shadow if you're, when they stand there and talk about a $32 billion budget when, in fact, they're spending $80 billion. Exactly. But here's where the gray area is. So I don't want to compare the federal dollars. I'm trying to take those out for comparison's right. sake. But we do have pots of money. Benefield is right. We have pots of money that state money. For instance, transportation. State which motor license fund. State motor license fund. That's just under $3 billion, $2.9 billion that we will spend state dollars. It's not on the $32 billion budget. We have uh, the lottery fund, which yeah. is just under $2 billion, which goes to senior programs. We will spend it. It is state money. That's not in the $32 billion budget. So, so the state government is spending money that's not, quote-unquote, on the books, and that's why he calls it the shadow budget. And there's a lot of reasons why that happens, and one of them, I believe you noted, and this has been done on purpose over the years by conservatives and by Democrats, governors. They get moved up to make the total spend number look lower. Look less. Yeah, and that's good for the state optically because they can say we're not spending as much. You know, they always compare um, the spend number has gone down year over year. We're right. spending just as much as we did last year when, in fact, if these are the uh, numbers that don't get counted, like the motor license fund, like the lottery fund, then it looks like the money is staying stable when, in fact, it's, it's not. Correct. And, 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 and that's subject to change. I'm not, like, accusing anybody of doing anything, but right. that's and then, how it works. And we found that there are several other funds, lots of other funds, yes. in fact, with billions of dollars in it cumulatively that get spent that aren't counted in the $32 billion. Uh-huh. So my story, I, you know, I, I left the story not feeling good because I normally like to tie stories up with a bow that you know what the point of the story is. There was a lot of ambiguity in this, and the problem is when you start looking at numbers, uh, there, it's difficult to compare, mm-hmm. and and there are some there there are no doubt pots of money that are getting spent state dollars that could be used for other things perhaps. Yep. Some of which can't be used for other things. That's where it gets crazy too, and that's part of a story we're going to get into is this budget <laughs> crazy story unwinds. Is yeah. that there's a number of House Republicans looking to raid those pots of money, saying yeah. why are we taxing and borrowing when we can just take that money and use it? It's They are state taxpayer dollars. And we'll get into that in more detail in a little bit. But I also want to bring up something that always gets brought up when we talk about stories like this, and that's our effective income tax rate. And uh, so, you know, you compare, I think it's a little bit more apples to apples when you compare state income tax other than total spend, because total spend can get really unwieldy. But how much we're taxing people in the state is a little bit, I mean, various arguments would say this is not the case, but it's easier to compare that. So Pennsylvania's got a flat income tax. 3.07%. We haven't changed that in quite a long time. And, and I believe it's constitutional. I don't think – I think there, there's an argument that you can't constitutionally do a graduated income tax. That was in the story right. that New York and New Jersey have graduated income tax, that their top earners are paying six-something percent. Right. And in Pennsylvania, we pay 3.07. Now, of course, this is where the liberals, uh, Mark Steer of the Budget and Policy Center, yes. he says our biggest problem is that the rich aren't paying, quote-unquote, their fair share. And I know the rich go apoplectic when you use the term their fair share. Sure. But that's his argument. But it is constitutional that you can't I, – I, I don't know. Maybe they could change the Constitution or they could come up with some other way of doing it. 
but at the moment, it's the flat tax. It's 3.07 in Pennsylvania. Right. So the independent fiscal office, I, their numbers, we ran those of what is the average person's burden, state, local, all in, tax-wise. And Pennsylvania is actually low on that perspective. Pennsylvania and Ohio are low comparatively. It's around 10, I forget the exact number. It was around 10 percent, 11 percent, 10 yeah. points something. Everybody else is well over that as far as what they the pay as a share Coast. of their income. This is East Coast. The, the, well, just our, six, our, neighbors. our neighbors. So we are, us in Ohio, are within a 0.01 percent of each other. I think it's 10.45 and 10.46. So we're the low ones. Low ones. Share of income, all in. Your state, your local property taxes, they, they count it all up. Yep. And we're still on the lower side of that. So, I mean, if we're comparing to other states, other states are taxing people more heavily other than Ohio. But you looked at also, I mean, total countrywide, you look at that. Yes, yeah, and, we're 20, and we were 23rd, total which is middle of the pack. Because yeah, so. there's a lot of people running around talking about how egregious the tax system is in Pennsylvania right. and how and, – and I think that then they point to the corporate net income tax. They also point to property taxes, yeah, which is sort of a different thing. Those, exactly. They're both different things. But the corporate net income tax, that's that's fair point. But if you look, as Ed Rendell used to say, nobody pays it. And also, I mean, Governor Wolf has said he wants to lower the corporate net income right. tax in exchange for closing various loopholes right. that lots of people also don't want to do. Right. Um, and those are, again, loopholes on corporations. We can talk for days on that, but we won't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so again, this tax picture gets very complicated, but I think you're correct in saying an important statistic in this is that Pennsylvania does tax people less heavily than all of its neighbors except for Ohio, with which it is equal. Right. Um, so that's kind of the And that's according to the Independent Fiscal Office. Yeah, and they're an Independent is yes. the first uh, <laughs> word in their uh, – because yeah. this gets politically charged. Of course it does, yeah. And I think most people even – I mean, Republicans and Democrats generally do defer to the Independent Fiscal Office. I don't see too many people arguing with their right. conclusions. But it's, but it's not but, – but, but I think it would be naive to just suggest that the, based on that story, oh, we need to go out and tax everybody exactly. more. That, that's not what we're saying either. No. And there's certainly some spending that goes on that's probably not justifiable at a state level, and that money ought to be used before we just increase taxes. Right. And this has been something that the state has been trying to do for years and years and years, ever since, I think, that you know, the market crash, 2008, 2009. Yeah. Those years saw huge cuts from, like, additional spending programs that started getting slashed quickly. And now we've, I mean, we are much leaner now than we were 10 years ago. Well, it's interesting, too. We are, if you talk about state workers as a share of the per capita, yeah. right, state workers per person, we're in the bottom 10 in the country. For how many state in workers In the country. For how many state workers per capita. Okay. We're, we're actually, Pennsylvania is on the very lower end of that. I didn't know that. It's a leaner workforce than you would think in many other states. And we do talk about when we come into, you know, budget cuts and needing to balance the budget, we talk about, you know, cutting state jobs through attrition usually. Yeah. And that's been a conversation that's been had, you know, giving them retirement incentives. And uh, that also factors into our big well, pension problems well, that we've right. had. So anyway, um, I do want to ask, too, um, because when we talk about this, um, you know, this, you know, big picture, liberal, Republican, uh, you know, clash over how much we're taxing. A lot of it comes down to economic growth. Republicans say if we tax less, our economy will be healthier. And, you know, Democrats often don't buy that line. So, I mean, you had this a little bit in your story. I mean, can we I mean, – Pennsylvania hasn't grown well, too to much. Correct. So, to me, one of the big real red flags – is that many other states 
have gone. We did the story a couple of weeks ago about what what do we have in a quote unquote rainy day fund? Right, we have nothing. We have nothing. So so many of the states. And we were doing. We had one uh, in the in the back uh, in '09. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> and we had a bigger one even earlier than that prior yeah. to Ed Rendell. And of course, the, the the economy is a part of it. Right. But here's the thing that people should be concerned about. And, and, by the way, all states were hit by the recession, the Great Recession. Everybody got hit. But everyone has recovered at different rates. Uh, yeah, that's the point. Everybody has recovered. Some of, the, some of them that were behind us prior to the recession are now ahead of us and do have rainy day funds and do, have been able to put some money away for uh, a rainy day. Yeah. And we still have not. So Pennsylvania seems to be lagging in its recession recovery. And you talk to, I think, most analysts on both sides of the aisles, and they will say that Pennsylvania's growth rate post-recession has been slower than the national average and slower than a lot of comparable states. Right. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to draw, like, concrete conclusions from that. But saying that, like, our, our effective tax rates are largely lower than other states, our economic growth has been the same. You can't say the two are equal, but I think it bears attention probably. Yes, ab- absolutely. And I, I don't know what the answer is. This yeah. is another one I don't have an answer <laughs> on, but I just, I'm just podcast. saying it's, a, it's something that should be concerning people, like the canary in the coal mine, that, right. that we're not rebounding and responding the way perhaps we should be. And there are very specific reasons people give for this. One of those is that Pennsylvania is an older state, meaning yeah. that we have an older population. Uh, a lot of people retire in Pennsylvania. We don't tax retirement income. That's something um, that I think does draw some older folks here. Uh, we have fewer young people moving to this state. So those are demographic issues that have a really big impact, I think, on our economy. Just talking today, a very good friend of mine, son graduated from college. Well, he's a couple years and yeah. getting just moving to Raleigh, North Carolina. What a beautiful uh, Beautiful place, he said that. Is. And I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's gorgeous. But there's another young professional going going south, going somewhere else. And, and you know, societally, we need to look at and, and talk about a third rail that a politician will never touch because seniors vote. But this state really encourages senior citizens. You just yeah. touched on a big thing. They don't tax pensions or retirement income. Our lottery proceeds help to defer the cost of senior programs. Mm-hmm. And there's some states in the South that they take their lottery proceeds and steer that towards getting kids into college, getting more kids into college, just steering it at any, which, and I'm almost a senior, so, so I'm talking against my own interest here, but I mean, from a societal standpoint, aren't you better helping out somebody who's 20, 18 to 22 and now going to get a job and pay taxes for the rest of their life yeah. rather than steering the money towards people who have already worked and, uh, you know, aren't buying as many things. And so, uh, you know, that's another big issue with the graying of, of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Well, hey, I'll say I'm single-handedly helping the youth of Pennsylvania because I moved here from another state after <laughs> college. So you're welcome. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. We need more of you. <laughs> I'm single-handedly propping up our state economy. <laughs> all right. So um, I do want to get into how this all factors into the budget negotiations because that is what's overlying everything these days at the Capitol, no matter what we're talking about. We still don't have a budget. It's been two months. And now we're hearing lots of reports. We haven't seen any specific plans yet, but Republicans are apparently looking for money in various, again, outside funds, the funds that are in the back of the budget. They're looking to transfer funds in to cover what they call a one-time cost of our shortfall from last fiscal year, which is over well over a billion dollars, closer to two. I think it's 1.6. And um, 
So that's what they're saying. They're saying, so, okay, one-time fund, fund transfers, let's just fix that. We'll, you know, raise some revenue somewhere else to cover the rest of it. Bing, bang, boom, it's balanced. Well, right. But now understand, the Senate passed a bill that requires borrowing of about $1.5 billion. And that was a, their uh, And then tax increases, of, tax increases on... Uh, an extraction tax on Marcellus Shale drillers, which is one thing, but then it would tax uh, utility bills and cell phones. Now, everybody's got a cell phone, and, and frankly, if you put a tax on a utility bill, uh, that hits the poor harder than it hits anybody else, right? right because they've say, got to pay a, a utility bill. And this is a politically tricky thing, too, because, uh, I mean, you have a severance tax. That's been a Democratic priority. It's knocked over my microphone. Uh, it's been you talk a dem- with your hands. I know, I do. Um, it's been a Democratic priority for a long time. and uh, it, But that's optically kind of tricky because if you try to do a severance tax, that puts the onus on you know businesses, on the gas industry, and then you have a... <laughs> the uh, the utilities tax, the gas utilities tax, is four times as large as the severance right. tax. That's four times the amount that would go into the budget. And to be fair, it's four times the severance tax you're proposing, not counting the impact fee, because drillers do pay an impact fee, they too. They do pay an impact fee, but revenue from that impact fee has gone down year over right. year because we're drilling fewer holes right. because the Marcellus Shell industry has been there for a while right. now. So anyway, it, this is all a very tricky thing with the gas industry. Um, but So, so that so brings anyway. us to House Republicans <laughs> yeah. who don't like that plan at all. Uh, Dan Mal of Adams County, Republican, said, you've heard DOA dead on arrival. This was DBA, dead before arrival. This was dead before it got out of their chamber, in his view. Yeah, you saw Dave Reed, uh, the House uh, Majority Leader, uh, Republican, sending out a pretty decisive letter right after the Senate passed their plan last month saying we're not going to be a rubber stamp on this. Right. They didn't say we're not voting for it outright, but they essentially, you know. So, said, right. So this has now, been clear for a while. So a group of House Republicans, Dan Mal included, He's started kind of going to work. Now, just to be this. clear, he voted for the $32 billion to agree to spend $32 billion, yes. the so-called budget. Uh, and now they're, they're, they're really struggling with how to pay for that $32 billion that they've already agreed to spend. Yes. So that's where we are. And he's saying he has been here every, ever since. He's come every, every day for like five weeks, and he is looking at every single fund that exists in state government. And some, and some Senate groups are, are rolling their eyes saying, don't you think if there was that much money we would have found it by now? And they're kind of cynical about it. I applaud the guy because, frankly, why aren't we doing that every year? Why yeah. isn't somebody or a group of somebodies looking every year to see where state tax dollars are? And he believes there are funds, many funds, and there are hundreds of funds, just so you know, there are hundreds yeah. of funds. Many of them, though, were specific. Well, you have a microphone problem there. I do. This, um, they give me all the bad It keeps jumping in your lap. Extras. Um, right, it's fine now. Why aren't we looking at those funds yeah. is his point. But some of those funds are for specific things. So right. so this is where it gets tricky. There's yeah. our, you know, we can, we can use a lot of these funds, but certain funds go to certain constituencies, certain right. constituencies. And that's what they were set up for. Yes, exactly. So you get like funds that go to agriculture, funds that go to you know, schools and things like that. And um, you know, some lawmakers will literally protect these funds to the death. Right. They will not vote for a plan that gets rid of these funds. So, so it gets very, very hard. It does. So, but the, what I'm hearing, and yes. that there's going to be – now, they, they've been telling us, oh, we're finding this money. I keep hearing the number. Yes. We have found $2 billion. But they won't tell me specifically <laughs> where it is. The number varies, and, yeah. And the number varies. But now it's back down to about 1.6. Mm-hmm. But they're really strongly vetting. But if they can come up with $1.6 billion, yeah. their argument is we don't need to borrow $1.6 And how insane is it that we're going to borrow money? 
to, to pay the light bill, for right. instance, when Pennsylvania's got a terrible debt problem on a number of fronts, including pensions that you've mentioned already, and, and we've got a deficit as it is. And, yep. and, and so if there's money sitting in pots somewhere, wouldn't you spend that first is their argument. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you, still have, money- you still have skeptical folks uh, saying, show us the money. to steal sure. a line from Jerry Maguire, and, and uh, they, they, don't, they don't believe it, it sits there. Right. It, and so now this is also, I mean, it's not just Dan Mal. It's a, a fairly no, it's, yeah, so There's at least 15, 20 people. Of, I would say the conservative wing yeah. of the, Republican, the House Republican Party. Correct. And so I, I have heard that they're going to announce this plan maybe on Tuesday when okay. we get back after the holiday. We will see if that happens. Because they've been saying for over a week now that we, I thought we were going to have it by now. I thought it was going to be Thursday. Yeah, exactly. We thought it was going to be today. It wasn't. So anyway, they're working on it. Hopefully, guys and, and the red flag on the, well, And the red flag on the whole plan is I've also heard, well, the minute we release it, then it's going to get attacked. Right. And, it, well, of course it's going to get attacked, and yeah. it, but, but it better be able to withstand the attack. Yes, we will see. It's going to be, again, this is a highly political maneuver because these funds are – Highly political. I keep saying that, but like it's it's tough to drain random funds out of the state. Well, and what I find interesting is that leadership seems to be giving them a long leash. In other words, leadership knows, House leadership yeah. knows, it needs to. You know, the ball is in the House is court. I mean, the Senate passed a budget. Yes. All right, the Wolf is on board. The governor's on board with it. Every other Democratic caucus is on board with it. House Republicans, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and so the ball's in their court, but the leadership in the House seems to be allowing these this was a grassroots group this isn't the leaders yeah. that are pushing this this is a grassroots group the grassroots members, group yeah. of members and they're actually being allowed to to do find what they're going to find and i think part of this is like you know if this fails at least they tried it and it failed i think if they don't try it there's going to be a lot of really angry conservative members who are like well this would have worked so well this whole attempt is is has is the offspring of anger that yeah. that you know, Dan Mao said to me, you know, my, my constituents didn't send me here to wait for the telegram from leadership telling me what the, what the, what the budget plan is. Yes. And since we seem to continually be stumbling on it, I'm going to try to take matters into my own hands and roll up my sleeves, and I'm going to do what I can do. I actually applaud that kind of spirit, regardless yep. of what he comes up with, and maybe it fails. But I understand that feeling. If it was, if I was, you know, it's very unsatisfying the way the process typically works around here, and that is a handful of people behind closed doors tell the other 200 and some lawmakers what what what's the deal is. Well, they, they, they don't around, really they seem to get a count, see who can vote for exactly, what, and they don't then. seem to have as much input as it, as I, if it were me. Uh, and granted, I'm an outspoken person, but they, I, I wouldn't wouldn't stand for that. I mean, you know, and so so that's what this is. There, there, there's clashes going on, and even though it is very quiet in the Capitol right now, there's also a major clash going on. A it's not quiet. major clash between Senate Republicans and House Republicans, yes. and it looks like. Uh, Governor Wolf and the Democrats are just sitting back and watching the demolition derby. Yeah, Governor Wolf and the House has sort of excoriated him whatever they can on this. He has kind of kept his hands clean on negotiations yeah. here. He's sort of, we've heard the treasurer saying, okay, we have until September 15th before we're in real fiscal trouble. And Republicans saying, that's fake. And, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah and fake is the word of the year, I think, isn't news, it? Fake <laughs> fake politics, fake, fake outrage, yeah. fake budget. Anyway. 
Um, we've, you know, talked about that in previous podcasts, so if you're confused, go back and listen to those. <laughs> but um, we have, I mean, we are coming up against some real fiscal issues. We could get a credit downgrade slapped on us if we don't come up with a solution soon. Um, so this is a tricky spot for yes. Republicans, for Democrats, for Tom Well, Moore. and I wonder, too, you know, you got a gubernatorial election next year. Next Mike Terzai, is he in? Is he not in? He can't get in until the budget's done because exactly. that wouldn't look good. Uh, but if, if he's able to hold off the tax increases that the Senate have passed and somehow pull a rabbit out of a hat, is that a real feather in his cap heading into a potential right. gubernatorial election? And we will say, even if these guys are successful and they pull out somehow $1.6 billion yeah. about next year? state funds, well, that, exactly, that's it. You know, we come into all these budgets and we say, we need recurring income. And then we're like, hang on, no, we only need like $700 million of recurring income. We can do the $1.6 billion out of, you know, random funds or borrowing. But you still have that $700 billion, or million rather, conservatively, that you really, I mean, that's stuff that you just got to fill in. You got to find some recurring source of revenue. And we've had Republicans and Democrats acknowledge this, that they need some recurring revenue. And that's hard to find. I mean, the House has favored plans that would expand liquor, that would expand VGTs, gaming, gaming video terminal, gaming yeah. terminals and bars and Mini slot machines. Yes. That has not gone well. That hasn't passed the Senate. Well, the, Senate, well, the House likes it and the Senate doesn't. Well, exactly. The House has passed these and, things. And the House stands by, uh, we'd rather do that. I'd rather put a, a, a little mini slot machine in a bar where yeah. people can choose whether or not to put their money in it as opposed to taxing a utility bill where the little old lady has no choice. And that's the same thing that's happened with the liquor plan. Um, it's passed the House. Four different versions of them have passed the House. Passed the house. But um, it's unclear a, how much money they would actually make. Well, right. And, you know, yeah, the then Senate doesn't like them. <laughs> so these things are hard. It's hard to come up with these plans. House is still not super on board with tax increases. Senate's sort of stepping back until the ball comes back to them again. Well, and the silly little thing is, and it's not silly and it's not little, uh, the longer we go, we're into the fiscal year now. So even if you were to come up with some kind of quote-unquote recurring revenue, by the time it gets up and running, you're now it's only going to be helping your bottom line for how many months? I mean, every day that goes by without a deal being done and without some, whatever it's going to be, that's less money into the coffers. Yeah. Very true. And then on election year next year, are they going to be taxing? My understanding, and I've been here a few years longer than you have. Few years. You know, yes, but tax tax increases in election years usually don't happen. They do not go together. So if we can't do one this year, it's unlikely well, that's we're the thought. Do one next that's year. the conventional wisdom. Yes, it is. So and you can raid those pots of money, but that doesn't help you next year. Right? Exactly. And, I mean, you do get into this. I mean, year after year, we've had budgets that have been balanced on paper. You hear this over and over, balanced on paper, but, like, five months in, it's clear there's not enough money. Yeah, to no, the last there. several, you mentioned 08, 09. I think, I, I think the, those years right in there were the last time we had a legitimately balanced budget that wasn't chewing gum and bailing wire. Yeah. I mean, it's they've been hocus-pocus the and nonsense since then. I think, and I've talked to people who, ah, you're getting a call. I've talked to people who have, you know, been around here for a while, and they say, you know, 09 was the first year the budget got tricky. That one didn't pass until October. And ever since then, it's been very tough to come to a conclusion because yeah. money's been tight, and it remains tight. All right. Do we miss anything? I think we kind of rehashed well, all the... Yeah, and just to bring it full circle, I mean, you know, do we spend too much or do we, you know, do we tax too little? That's still, that's just a, that's a, I guess that's an age-old question that every state grapples with, and, and we're continuing to grapple with it because we've got a couple of gubernatorial people next year, Scott Wagner, Paul Mango, and perhaps Mike Terzai. They all are in the we spend too much camp. They are, and Governor Wolf is not. Right. All right. 
So if you haven't read Dennis's story, it lays out the issues very well, even if it doesn't give you any conclusions. But maybe there aren't any. No. Just keep your eyes open and uh, pay attention and get engaged. Yes. And we will be back next week to let you know if uh, the House Republicans did, in fact, come up with anything. Don't hold your breath. If we run out of money, (laughs) we will see. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Dennis. Happy Labor Day. Happy Labor Day.